Hello, and welcome to episode 36 of the Metal Chat Podcast. My name is Melissa, and I am coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm here with my trusty co-host, Maeve Kitty. Maeve hasn't been feeling too well these days. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what her future holds, but I know that she's not feeling too well. But she is here under the desk monitoring this podcast episode. This episode is a conversation that I had with Jarvis Leatherby of Night Demon and Sarathungal and Iron Grip Management. And that's mostly what we focused on was the management side of what he does. We did also talk a lot about festivals, those that he's put on, those that he's participated in as an artist. I know that he has made the rounds and I know that a lot of people have heard him interviewed on other podcasts that we all listen to the same podcasts, but I hope that there will be something new here for you to enjoy. As always, before we get started, I want to thank everyone for the continued support. It is much appreciated. I also want to let you know that there'll be some music from the bands that he represents, Visigoth, Satan, and Midnight. I omitted Night Demon and Sirith Ungle because everybody kind of knows who they are. So without further ado, my conversation with Jarvis Leatherby. You're listening to Metal Chat with Melissa on Podbean. Yeah. 
right. So my guest today is Jarvis Leatherby from Night Demon and Sirith Ungle and Iron Grip Management and a bunch of other things. He's a very, very busy guy. Thanks for uh, coming on to the show. It's a pleasure to yes. have you. Like I was just telling you, the people that listen to my show also listen to Feck and Metal. They've listened to Talking Maiden. They followed Nesbitt over to your own podcast that you have, uh, Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast. Correct. So we all know the story of Night Demon. We all love Night Demon. I want to talk to you about Iron Grip. So my question to you is, when you started this, it's a management company, right? Or is it also a yeah. record company? It's both. Yeah, it's, it's both. both. So when you started this, was it a situation where you said to yourself, I'm, I have this band, uh, Night Demon, and maybe nobody offered to manage you, or maybe people offered to manage you and you weren't really interested in, in dealing with other people and you kind of wanted to keep things in-house. You started this for yourself, or was it always a plan down the road for you to have, I don't want to say a stable of artists, but I guess for lack of a better word, yeah. a, a group of a group of other people that you would manage other than just sort of taking care of yourself? Yeah, I, it was totally unintentional. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, I've managed 19 from the get go. We have had offers through the years for sure. It's just never seemed like a right fit for us. Um, you know, we, 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 Night Demon is the number one passion in my life. And, you know, in, in order to have a, a manager come along, you know, that person would have, to, he or she would have to be as invested as I am. And that's, um, sometimes, I'm not going to say it's impossible to find. It's not impossible, but it's a uh, very difficult and it's not something that I think bands should ever seek out. I think these people kind of find you and fit into that role. And when you know it's there, it's there. It's just never, it's never been there for us. So, and, and, you know, kind of the things that the, the areas that I was always looking for some extra help with Night Demon had to do with um, stuff in the publicity realm and stuff in the uh, concert realm, which managers really don't have too much to do with, you know, I mean, that's, you know, publicists and agents that do that kind of stuff. And, and those are people that we've always worked with, you know, so as far as the day-to-day -day stuff, um, that's something that's just a little too close to my heart. And look, I mean, I'm still open to that idea if somebody were to come along and, and, and if it was a if it was the right fit, you know, it's uh, something that I would definitely jump at, you know. Uh, but it just hasn't happened yet, and it's like I'm, it's not something that I'm gonna wait that I'm gonna wait for, you know, before uh, right. you know right. moving along with my life's journey, right? So the way that it all started was so I I didn't when I was managing just Night Demon, I didn't form a company yet at all. It was just Night Demon was Night Demon, and you contact the band if you want to get something done. You know, I started to manage the band Visigoth in 2015. Those guys were good friends of ours, and they were from Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, we're from Southern California. One day we were playing, when Night Demon was on tour, and we were playing in Salt Lake City with Visigoth, and they were telling me about a manager that they were going to sign with and a booking agent that they were going to sign with. They, I had also had some knowledge about the record contract that they had recently signed that was like was terrible it was like the mm. worst deal i've ever seen so when i heard wind of that i was like look don't sign with these people like i know these this manager i know this agent they're probably the worst for you you know and so at, at a certain point they said well would you manage us and i was like wow i've, I've never really never really thought about that but um immediately i just said yeah i'll do it and so that's was seven years ago. Um, and we're still going strong today. That's kind of how the whole thing started. Uh, eventually, over time, when I, you know, I had made attempts to reunite Sarah Thungle for about a decade. When that finally happened in 2016, they insisted on me managing the band, and they they wouldn't have it any other way, basically. So that there you go. I now, besides my own band, at this point, I had had two clients. Uh, on top of that. So it wasn't until then that I decided to, you know, have a new email account and stop emailing people from the night demon <laughs> world. Right. Uh, and that's when iron grip was born from there. You know, it's, I, you know, I've put on the frost and fire festivals from 2015 on. And so like there was, I was always talking to bands um, in some form or another, if I was booking them on the festival or setting up tours with them, with some of my bands and so that kind of got 
the underground bands talking about like, hey, Jarvis does this thing and, you know, maybe he could help us kind of thing. So, <laughs> yeah. And obviously you have a very good reputation in the community that people are talking about you and saying, you know, hey, if you need a manager, you know, you should check this guy out. That's a credit to you, you know, to be in somebody that that people want to want to have work with them and they that they trust you. And that probably has a lot to do with the fact that you an artist yourself. So they know that you're yeah. going to have the artist's best interest. Sure. Like, I, I think that's the best, the best manager of any business is the person who knows how to do everything. You know, a lot of, like they say, people who can't do teach or man, a lot of managers <laughs> are in the game because, you know, they're like, you know, I always loved music, but I never played anything, you know? Right. Well, I mean, if you manage the McDonald's, you should know how to make the fries. You should know how to mop <laughs> right. the floor. No, right. really, you know, yeah, if you're no, going to be um, in control of, of somebody else's job, you should definitely know how to do it and what goes into it, not just the mechanics of it, but also emotionally, you know, especially if you if you're dealing with art, you know, and when you take art and you turn it into a business, which you have to do, it's a, it's a whole different beast. And, you know, a lot of people are in it for the art. And, you know, I kind of see myself as like in, in I write, I straddle the line in between where, you know, I'm trying to educate myself about the business all the time and also keep the artistry you know it's difficult to do sometimes but i think it's important and um that's what i facilitate for these bands tell everybody all the bands that you manage currently i manage <laughs> night demon visigoth uh the new wave of british heavy metal legends satan Ungle, and midnight i formerly managed bewitcher from portland oregon and tanith which is a side project for for uh, from Russ Tippins of Satan. The only reason that I don't manage those bands anymore is A, I feel like those bands really didn't need a manager at the time. And we did a lot of great stuff together. Those, they were very hands-on with what they were doing. I felt like they could have, they could, they could do that on their own at the time. And B, I was just, I really kind of took on more than I could, I bit off more than I could chew. And it's, you know, focus is, is something that's very valuable. And it's, it's hard to have when you're, you're spinning a lot of plates. I'm already spinning a lot of plates, you know, but, uh, but that, you know, I, I, I felt like, you know, the more attention that you give to other things, everything else suffers because of that. And so you, you want to be able to focus on singularly on, on everything that you can while you're doing it. So, I mean, I still have issues with that, to be honest. You know, I don't have it all figured out. Um, well, you, I I mean, you just can't. You just can't. Yeah. I mean, because I, I have the same problem at work, you know, it's, it's a juggling act. And something is always going to have to suffer. If you have to focus on a particular task, something is always going to have to fall a little bit short. It just It's just how it is. You just don't have enough hours in the day. You just don't have, you only mm -hmm. have two hands, you know? Right. I have a full-time assistant that helps me with a lot of this you know, at least the administrative stuff, you know, um, and she's got a lot of great ideas too. Like I, I met her. I mean, she was with you at um, Hell's Heroes. Right. Right. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, it's good to have somebody else like a sounding board, you know, somebody to bounce stuff yeah. off of too, you know? Absolutely. So, I, I have a problem yeah. with, I have a problem with delegation. My, I, I'm a manager as well. And I mm -hmm. suffer from not being a very good delegator. I'm always like, I'll just do it myself. And you have well, to learn to sort of let go and, and give and give other people some tasks to do and take some stuff off your plate. You know, I agree. I think I I've learned that like done is better than perfect. But the uh, the problem with delegation is, you know, you have to wisely choose who you're delegating exactly. to because the, the worst thing, <laughs> the worst thing is, is the feeling of like not knowing when something's going to be done or if it's going to be done at all, you know, right. and as the manager, you, it's your responsibility. It always comes back on you. You can't really, if it's somebody else's fault, it's still your responsibility, you know, especially for delegating those responsibilities. Right. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, it is, it's all me. So it's, yeah. You, and you're, you're responsible for everything, whether you're responsible for what you do and you're responsible for what your right. staff does. So it's right. a lot. but you have to, but then, you know, that's not, you know, respect is something that's earned. It's not just given by your title or position. And exactly. The best way to earn that respect is, again, to know how to do everything, to be able to get down in the trenches with your people and do that hard work with them and meet them on their level. But at the same time, never pass the buck ever. Just even if it's not your fault, just it, you know that it is, you know, <laughs> I tell my staff that all the time. It's, it's yeah. at the end of the day, it's, it's all my responsibility. We'll yeah. do this together. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, Frost and Fireland. 
How did that go? It went pretty well. It was definitely something that I've been trying to do for a long time here. I'm, I'm here in the city right now in Derry, Northern Ireland. I live part-time here. It's a great environment for metal, but there's not really a metal scene here. There are some people here. You know, Frost and Fire is always a festival that we try and do outside of big cities. We did do one in London one year, but it was in Camden, so it was kind of a more condensed area. Yeah, it was difficult getting people out here. It, the festival did pretty well. It was it was more like a party, like a hangout with like amazing bands. I mean, this festival in Germany would have sold three, four thousand tickets, you know. But uh, you know, it is what it is, and there's reasons why I don't want to do it in places like that. In play, well, not Germany, but I mean, there's there's enough festivals there, you know. They don't Ooh, need me. A lot of festivals um, there. But yeah, it's a very special event. You know, what? well, I'm very proud of it. It's it's like everybody had such a great time and it meant so much to the people of Ireland that, you know, nothing like this has ever has ever come here. So uh, that's that's more important to me than finances. You know, I mean, money comes and goes. So uh, nobody ever thought it would happen. And I, I put my money where my mouth is on this one and made sure that it did. It was a it was a hard, especially through the covid times to put this thing together. Uh, with a lot of uncertainty, but it went off and it's another one for the books, you know? So let me ask you, this, this is kind of a weird question, but mm -hmm. what went wrong? Did anything go wrong? Oh yeah. About everything you can imagine went wrong. Um, yeah, I, I was, so first of all, I was in the middle of a tour. So we, I had scheduled three days off for this festival a day before to prep. Um, and then the two days of the festival. So the day before or two nights before it started, I, we had played a gig in Manchester. So I had to fly here the day of, or the day before. So on about three hours of sleep, which is normal for being on tour. We were at Manchester airport and uh, there were extreme delays and we, uh, we managed to barely make it on the flight and get here. When we got here, I had some airport rides scheduled to be picked up for the bands that I was flying in, which were quite a lot of bands. And uh, I basically had booked this guy out for the entire weekend. And uh, the airport's about an hour and a half from the festival. He canceled on me the morning of, of the entire weekend. Oh, no. So Did I they had, fly to Belfast? Yeah. So so I had to, um, oh, no. I had to arrange... Yeah, so it's for the moment I had to hire a, a much more professional company, but that was also twice the price. Uh, but, you know, I mean, this is something that I advanced months ahead of time. And so I'm always prepared. Uh, I'm not doing things last minute. So it's like when people cancel on me, it's frustrating. There were some issues at the venue where they didn't have the times right. So basically, you know, we were doing doors at 5 p.m. every day. and They didn't have the staff scheduled until 7 so I was running the door myself for the first two hours of the show before my own performance. Uh, uh, the headliner for one of the nights was two and a half hours late. Um, then their gear was late. We had to, it was just, it was, it was pretty stressful. Um, uh, quite a few other things happened too, but I don't want to drag anybody through it. So um, yeah, look, it's like, a lot of things went wrong, but you just got to adjust and keep your eye on the prize. And you, you have to anticipate things like that and keep a cool head, you know, and just just be calm and, and get through it. You know? Right. You sort of know it's sort of built in that you kind of know that, you know, that's what they always say, right, about a wedding, right? Something always goes wrong. Weddings uh, are the worst because a lot of <laughs> like as brides, especially, you know, I mean, uh, they just it's their perfect day right. and like they dream about it their whole lives. And it's, 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 that's why I'm saying you got to keep a cool head. You got to keep your attitude straight because the slightest thing can derail you right? and just know that something bigger is probably going to happen. So if you start letting the little things get to you, you know, Oh, my credit card was also declined at the hotel. I had 52 rooms booked. Um, and so I'm calling the credit card company, like, like look, like, I, like we you gotta make this go through there's plenty of cash in there like but it's just them you know for my security right of course you know but uh and that just kept happening over and over again but that's why i got in here a day early to, to suss these things out you know so right that's what you have to do so yeah. so are you doing it again next year <laughs> no uh i don't think so um i'm the, I can't really speak about it now, but uh, Frost and Fire and another UK festival are joining forces next year and doing a stage at a bigger UK fest next summer or early next early next May, which is uh, going to be huge. So uh, oh, we're bringing 
we're bringing Frost and Fire and a, another uh, UK fest like it, merging together to do three days and take over a full stage at one of the, the bigger premier UK festivals. So That's awesome. Now, you play a, I play at a lot of festivals. I mean, festival season is huge um, in Europe, mm -hmm. and you play a lot of festivals. Do you like mm -hmm. playing festivals as opposed to just doing your own thing? I used to not like to because... I thought that for as hard as, you know, Night Demon's been one of the hardest touring bands of anybody. And I, I thought that the festival industry was killing the touring industry because it was, there were so many of them. And, you know, rock and roll is meant to be, is meant to put bands on the road and not just one-off appearances. And that started, that's starting to become the norm now, the one-offs, you know, and the festivals and, you could kind of put anything together and call it a festival, you know, um, even if it's not very festive, you know, uh, but I've kind of changed my mind about that a bit, you know, the, the more our career goes on and like, you know, it's like a dream of mine to be able to play 12 gigs a year, you know, it'd be great to just play once a month and fly into a festival and, and do it where the vibe is there, you know, but no, I think, I think they're both good. They're, they're both necessary you know, animals of what we do. But uh, at this point, if we have enough time to set up, I prefer a festival because I feel like, especially in Europe, well, not just in Europe, but even at Hell's Heroes, it's like when we're playing at a festival, like our crowd is so loyal to us. They show up to support us, to show all the other people that don't know about us or don't care about us, like that this is their band and it's a real sense of pride to go out there and almost compete in a way, you know, it's a friendly competition, but you know, you have your time up there and you know, when you're, when you're playing a headlining show, it's like everybody knows that who they're there to see. And that's great. You know, we love that too, because we get to give them a full show, but there's something, there's like a, something carnal about the festival when you're in the, when you're in the band doing it, you know, there's something, um, there's something a little more at stake and that kind of drives us a little bit more. Even though you, I mean, the thing that I don't, the thing that makes me sad, I don't say don't like, but makes me kind of sad about festivals is that you don't get a full set, you know, that everything is kind of like condensed. Yeah. The European festivals are pretty good about time though. They, they really give bands a lot more time. 40, anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour for bands that aren't headlining. To be honest, at this point in my career, I don't want to see any band for more than an hour. I just don't, you know, I just don't. Like, I think that that's, or an hour 15 is the maximum I, I want to see a band, you know. But it's hard because, you know, if Iron Maiden's one of your favorite bands, which they are one of my favorite bands, you know, their songs are so long. It's like in two hours, sometimes you get 12, 13 songs, you know. It's like, quite fast, uh, though. Yeah, it does. So it does. Um, have you ever played Download? No, we haven't. Is that something that you'd be interested in doing? Of course, yeah. You know, I mean, it's a little more mainstream for our taste, but like, I, we would love to do it. You know, I wish the the name was different. Yeah, me too. I, I liked it when it was Castle Donington, but yeah, for I guess for legal reasons, they can't call it that anymore. Yeah. But uh, it makes I think Download is a very term of the times. You know, which kind of now? Oh, I mean. Could it be called streaming now? You know? <laughs> right. And tomorrow, what's it going to be called? Implant, you know, like, you know, yeah. so, yeah. And and now, and they have different editions now, like they did one in Germany last week. Right. So it's like, you know, which is great. I mean, I think it's a very well-organized festival, you know, but again, I love what's in a name and what's in the vibe, where the location is, what is it, you know, what's happening there, not just who's playing, because you can go to festivals with lesser known bands that have an amazing environment and have a really great time. You, know? you bring up, I'm glad you brought that up because I loved Hell's Heroes. I thought it was very well done. I mean, there was, there was a little, you know, there's a little hiccup with, they had a little problem with the times, you know, one band came on late and they kind of upset the apple cart. Yeah. I thought it was very I, I, I well was put together. To <laughs> yeah. I thought it was very well done. It was clean. Everybody seemed to be great. You know, what was interesting about for me is I, I didn't see anybody get totally fucked up there. Like I didn't see anybody like a download it. You see the people that are like vomiting and like stumbling or whatever. I, I didn't think see it's, any of that. I think that's much more of a European accepted tradition, you know, you know, and I've definitely gotten fucked up at some festivals myself, but I really like, I wonder sometimes it's like, would, 
you're paying all that money to be there. Wouldn't you want to like enjoy it and remember what's happening? You know? I So I was at download and I saw Iron Maiden and we were fairly close. And there was these people that were like, right, like first of the barrier. And they ended up second song in this guy's dragging this girl out and she's pied and legless. I mean, she's a hammock. And I'm she's... like, really? You were front row at Iron Maiden. And now you're like, you know, you have to leave the show. You're not even going to see the show. Like, Right. That doesn't that doesn't work for me. I like to potty too, but yeah, maybe so, sometimes people don't. Now you know it can get it can creep up on you. Yeah, quickly, catch, too, catches you up know? to you, right? But, They're uh, all there to have a good time, you know. So, but I really liked. I really thought Hell's Heroes was done very very well, and I hope they do it next year. And I would definitely oh, go back it's, next it's year. It's definitely happening next yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Yeah. Would you be a part of it next year? I think so. Yeah, we've been talking about it. Yeah. I like the way the bands just walked around. It was. There was nobody yeah, to yeah. their britches. Everybody was just doing their thing. You know, it was just well done. I just thought it was really, really well done. The, my only gripe was they only had that the those two food trucks, that one vegan one and then that barbecue yeah, one. And that they'll you know, they'll improve on that next year too. Next year will be next year will be great. That's it. So you know, as somebody who puts on festivals, there's a trial and error. So whatever happens sure. to Frost and Fireland, you're making a note of all the things that went wrong. So that it doesn't happen again. Right? You know, you always, yeah. I mean, it's like making records. Like you're always wanting to get better, you know, and improve on, on what you learn and what, you know, some festivals don't do that, you know, but that's, you know, that's all right. You know, everybody's different, but I, I, I go to enough of them and I play enough of them to kind of know, you know, what's I take, I, I get a big, good education on it. You know, what's yeah. what's good and what's bad about it. And I right. try and you implement can, that into what I do. Right. You can look at, look, when you play a festival, you can look around and say, yeah, I don't think I'd want this to be a part of my festival or this is a right. good idea. I'm going to implement this. Have you played Bakken? Yeah, we have. We did it in 2018. And how was that? I'll be, it was great. Great. We played in the tent stage, night demon play, but there was 10,000 people watching us and there's a great video online of it. And I'll be playing the main stage this year with Sarah Thungle. So wow. yeah. that's going to be exciting. I look That's going to be really it. exciting. So do you always, well, I would imagine that when Night Demon plays, Sarah Thungle plays? No, we play a lot together because when, wherever Sarah Thungle goes, Night Demon goes because we, I, I'm in the band, I manage the band and Dusty and Armand from Night Demon tech for the band. Those guys are an integral part of what happens on stage. So a lot of times festival promoters will see, well, I'm bringing out these guys and I have, and I'm bringing their crew, and their crew is Night Demon. Why wouldn't I book Night right. Demon on this if I'm right. already bringing them out? Like it's a good booking to have, you know. So the bands are forever linked that way, and it just works out, you know. We, we about, it doesn't always happen. It doesn't always. What happen. about like your other band? So you don't go into something and say, "All right, you want Night Demon? I also want Satan to play." You know, There's you sometimes, yeah, I mean, like you, it's always good to use leverage if you have it, you know, but I would never force anything on anybody if they didn't want it, you know, because uh, like I said, as a festival promoter myself, I mean, that happens to me a lot. And I say, no, you know, it's like it's when people put on festivals, they don't really want to be told what to do. It's it's always seems to be like their wish list of bands. And I get that, you know, so I, you know, the, being a nice guy is you know, the relationships you have with people is it's going to attribute to 90% of your success. So you, 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 you never know. There's people that I work with now that I haven't worked with in 15 years, you know, like you never know where somebody's going to be later in life. You will cross paths again, if you're in this industry and you just always, you got to look at the long-term of things. And, you know, you, you always want to be in a situation where you, when you're working with somebody where both it's reciprocal, where both parties are getting something out of it and both parties are happy. Even if you don't end up making a deal, you know, it could, you, you could easily help somebody with what they're looking for, even if you're not involved in it, you know? And I think that's a really important thing and it's integral to longevity and to sticking around. Absolutely. I would agree with you on that. And would you say that, I mean, the metal community is still, we're still rather small and insular. And so you definitely, I think you definitely see the same people all around, you know, the same, especially if you're doing the festival circuit, you see all the mm -hmm. same bands, you know, 
So you're going to see all the same people. So you definitely want to have a good relationship with people. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. After watching the latest season of Stranger Things, where the uh, guy, the new character in there has a Dio back patch and a wasp pin, and he's playing Master of Puppets on a Beastie Rich Warlock. I don't know. Maybe metal will be exposed to a lot more people now and get a little bit more respect. So we always welcome some new blood. You know, there's a big... I mean, yeah, we're very insular and there is a lot of elitism happening, which I don't subscribe to. You know, my my thing is you're never too old to get into good music, you know, and a lot of times you're just not exposed to it. And so our job is to go out there and, and do that. Do you feel like I know it's more difficult now to kind of make a living than it was in the 80s? Put out an album and then you toured to support the album. And now it seems like it's the other way around. You have to tour so much more. Merch seems to matter so much more mm-hmm. because of streaming, because, you know, people, a lot of people don't. Although I feel like metalheads buy a lot of physical. They do, but there's cost in that, too. That's more expensive than it ever to produce, you know. And, you know, that may be a misconception. There, there was definitely a lot of mo- more money in the 80s, but there was also a lot more gatekeepers and there was a lot more competition. And to break through to that was a lot more difficult and that's why you see a lot of 80s bands coming around now that have way more success because of the internet because people were allowed to hear their music for free which which allows them an opportunity to merchandise and brand the band with distribution channels that weren't available then for merchandise or music and to be able to go to festivals and play and to tour so one hand washes the other I just feel like life is an ever-evolving thing. And although history does have a way of repeating itself, technology has a way of advancing us into new realms. I mean, I'm talking to you now on a video chat. Like, I remember watching Total Recall in the early 90s in the movie theater and seeing that phone, the big phone with the TV on it. I was like, man, how, how insane would that be? You know, so we have to embrace change. It's part of life, you know, and uh, there's I like to hold on to old traditions like vinyl or classic heavy metal or styles of music. That's fine. But if you can incorporate that into the evolution of of life, that's where you're going to win. So it's always been difficult as an artist to make a living, you know, even in the Renaissance era, you know, like (laughs) so it's just the way it is, you know, but it's. That's what makes things worth it. You know, you have to have challenges and, and you, you need you need to push yourself. You need to get out of your comfort zone in order to become something bigger than than you are. You know, we're, we're here on this earth. As, we're living the human experience here. Our job is to be productive. That's our job. And when we're not, we don't feel right. Nobody feels right. They don't might not know why, but that's why, you know. And so it's a challenge. It's a challenge that I gladly accept. And I, I, I encourage everybody out there with a dream to just get through those obstacles. They will be there. They're guaranteed. When they when you see them there, they're there for a reason. And it's, uh, you know, it's something that you it's a it's a necess, it's a necessity on, on that road. I definitely agree with that in, in all aspects of life. Where do you see Night Demon in 10 years? Playing download. <laughs> uh, uh, Lining you know, the main like, stage, the new Iron Maiden. Of course, you know, I don't see that band or those bands around in 10 years, you know, oh, and I see a big Sadly. gap right now. I see a big gap right now. You know, it's been 20 years since like current bands were headlining festivals like this, you know, so I see a big gap. I think it's the responsibility of the journalists the magazines, the record labels to really get behind the newer talent and push that more because if there needs to be a replacement for these bands that are that won't be around anymore, if there's not, we're just going to see a bunch of tribute bands, you know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of bands that have become brands that have kept their name and their brand going that are essentially tribute bands. I mean, Foreigner has no original members and they're headlining, you know, over over bigger bands, legacy acts that do that do have those members, you know, or you get down to it's all about the branding now and the name and who owns that name. And that's what sells. But eventually, you know, people aren't going to care if, if it's the real guy up there or not, you know, and we need to eliminate that. There needs to be 
there needs to we 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 can still celebrate bands that aren't here anymore you know and a, a newer band can cover a song by that band it's fine but i just don't want I don't want to see it turn into that, but I, that's, that's, what's going to happen if, if there's, if some new blood doesn't step up to the table, you know? I would agree with that. And I, you know, there's a next generation that has to, you know, bands like Night Demon that need to, that, that, well, you guys have been, that people need to realize is the next generation, because like you said, you know, Iron Maiden's not going to be here in another 10 years. We know that. I mean, Nico just turned 70. Yeah. You know, it'll be a sad day when that ends. But there are a lot of really good up and coming bands that can step into that role. I completely agree. But again, it's up to the festival promoters, too. You know, like I know that moving forward with Frost and Fire, at least in my U.S. editions, like I'm probably not going to put many old bands on. I mean, maybe just a couple, because I really feel like if I'm saying this, then I need to take the responsibility to be putting these Bad. I mean, you were at Hell's Heroes. I mean, you can go in that in that smaller room and see bands in there that like can easily entertain you well more, way more than than some of the stuff that's on the main stage. And and that's no that's no disrespect to Christian, the promoter. He's one of my best friends. I mean, he knows that too. But it's like we're all kind of living in this cycle, and we're all kind of learning from this, you know. And it's like, well, when is you know, Nike has been around for 10 years. I'm 41 years old. Like, when is our time when we're too old to do it ourselves? You know, like, when is that time going to happen? You know, so I think that time is now. And I will take the responsibility to do what I can to to ensure that. And, you know, here's the thing, too. A lot of the older fans, they know these young bands and they know the songs and the bands have a big enough catalog. It's not like a band. These bands are just starting and putting out their first record, you know, so there is support there. We just need to if you put them at the top of the festival, Bill, the rest of the world sees that whether they're at the festival or not. And then the perception lies within that. And and one and then the dominoes start to fall. I agree. I mean, I think that maybe there there's a um, there's an idea that we have to get at least one sort of big name that sort of attracts people, you know, whether it's Satan you know, like everybody knows Satan, they're a historical sure. band in, 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 you know, a story band in our, in our community. So you've got a band like that. And then, okay, so maybe somebody says, oh, I want to go see Satan. And then there's all these other bands. But you're 100% right. I mean, all the bands at Hell's Heroes, I thought they were fantastic. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, people knew Candlemass, people knew, you know, were familiar with some of the, you know, some of right. the other but bands. In my but- mind, in my mind, and no disrespect to Candlemass, and sorry to cut you off, but like I would rather see High Spirits on the main stage in the headlining slot. They're going to give you a much more entertaining show. The people know their songs, their sing-alongs, there's high energy. It's a great vibe, and it's a great way to end the night versus extreme doom and gloom. Like there's a place for that. No, there's absolutely. A place for that. I, I thought like, that I'm maybe, maybe the... Maybe the lineup was a little bit different. I mean, I there were so many people when Eternal Champions played. I mean, Fergal and I were like, holy shit. It's like right. everybody came in. You guys too. So it was like, yeah, maybe the bill could have been a little bit different. But I mean, again, that's that's trial and error. That's trying to Yeah, but like I said, we're, know, we're learning. Sort of figure it out. You know, there was bands that were on that upstairs that you couldn't even get in there. I mean, right. it was we were packed in. We couldn't even right. move, you know, that there was like they they didn't need to be up here. Right. You and know, those um, those bands deserve to be to play in a room where people can see them, you know, so like and again, like one of my best friends puts on that festival. We talk about the same thing. So it's not any fault of his like I that. What are you going to do? I mean, like these the headliners require 10 times as much money and like they've earned that spot over a whole, you know, three, four decade legacy. Like right. I get that. And, and I'm not trying to take anything away from them. <laughs> But like the reality of it is what's more entertaining, what's going to, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of the way I see it. And like, there's a place for everything, you know, and. Uh, you know, I would like, I saw that there's an outdoor stage, <clears throat> excuse me, at that venue. Yeah. I would have liked them to utilize that. I think that in the inside, not really the upstairs, because I think the upstairs was just too small. Yeah, they're talking about doing that. And they were going to do that this year. But the only problem is there's they have like some extreme weather there. Uh, actually, a lot of like if there's any threat of like lightning, which does happen often there, yep. they'd have yeah. to cancel the show. And they've had to do that many times out there. It's too big of a risk when you're bringing in all these foreign bands 
there's nice. flights and there's visas at stake and there's so many people traveling <laughs> into the festival not a bunch of locals to put on that kind of risk you, it's not something you postpone until next week you know no no i understand i do understand yeah. that yeah. Uh, just we were very fortunate the weather was beautiful yeah the beautiful, but, you know you can't predict that so no yeah, you can't yeah. you can't and, yeah. and uh yeah. you know yeah houston can be you can definitely get some southern lightning storms that come through there and stuff. But um, there were so many people that were not local. I didn't really run into that many people. I talked to a lot of people and most everybody yeah. came in from someplace else. Yeah, that's how these things go in the U.S., you know, so. Well, the U.S., do you feel like the U.S. lags Europe when it comes to festivals? Oh, completely. Yeah, yeah without I a doubt. Like they're like one one hundredth of what it is. Like why, that's why probably is that? an accurate figure. Uh, just the culture is different, you know. I mean, in, in Germany, Night Demon puts out a record, and we're on the, we're in in the top twenty of the charts. I mean, like the charts, not the metal charts, you know. In the states, we're at the bottom of the top two hundred, you know. So, like, it's and even that is a great feat, you know. So it's just the U.S. is such a big country, and we just have we're we're still very mainstream as a culture, yeah, most of you the know. And are like not, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, really and, and right, right. At the, the the rock festivals in the states are very mainstream, you know, and so the metal festivals, there's not many of them. There's only a few. There's there's less than a handful. So people will travel to them because that's where they're going to get that stuff, you know. Absolutely. And I'm somebody who's older. I try to, you know, and I have obviously a lot of the older bands, and a lot of these older bands I go back forty years with, but. I love to keep keep up with the newer bands. So why don't you tell everybody about some of your favorite newer bands? Maybe the ones you manage, maybe the ones you don't. What are you I listening hate do, to? I hate I hate doing that because I'm always going to leave somebody out. There's what a are you YouTube listening channel. to? <laughs> I don't listen to anything anymore. I, I I just listen to my own stuff because I don't want to be influenced by anything. Really. You and uh, who is that? Is it Michael Shanker that says he's never listened? He hasn't listened to music in fifty years or something. He he's told me that himself. Actually, he told me that in Germany in twenty nineteen. He said uh, that like in nineteen ninety one, he went to a coffee shop and he heard like something off the Black album, and he was like, "Oh," and that's when he decided like he didn't want to hear music anymore because he he liked what he heard and he didn't want to be influenced by it. Yeah, I don't know, like. I guess I'm a bit contradictory when I can say that I listen to a lot of old stuff, you know, I think high spirits is a great band. Awesome. Um, Enforcer by all the bands that I manage for sure. I mean, I, I wouldn't manage them if not, you know, I think that they're the best at what they do. I really do. I see that you guys are going to be playing the WJCU 40th anniversary. Right. So I may be out. I may be there for that. I don't know. I was going to go to the keep it true festival, which is around the same time. Yeah. It's that same weekend. Yeah, actually. and I don't, but I'm kind of up in the air. I actually have a ticket for that, but I'm kind of up in it's the air about whether I'm going to go for that. I know, I know. It's, it's really an good. amazing. I was lineup. trying to talk Fergal into it, but his brother is turning fifty, so he's mm -hmm. like, I have to stay and do the family thing. I, I listen to WJCU. I've been trying to get Bill Peters on this show for I don't know two years. Yeah, because um, I find him fascinating. You guys are. Would you say that you guys are? Of everywhere in the U.S. besides maybe Ventura, is is Cleveland your second home? Your second? Yeah, your absolutely. Thing? Yeah, we did our live record there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that community just championed us from the beginning, you know, and they've continued to grow with us. Um, so yeah, we'll be doing two nights there at the Maple Grove to celebrate that. Tulsa, Oklahoma is actually another hot spot for us. Really? That's that oddly enough. Yeah. We do pretty well in Texas, uh, Austin, San Antonio area. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's those are probably the spots that we'll play in the U.S. this year. So. Yeah, um, I wish you would come up to Boston. Boston, we've I know you played with um, Anvil, yeah. Anvil, and I saw we'll you up, with um, the Bloodstar. Yeah, probably. Yeah, we'll be back up there in I think early April next year. So that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, I'm going to let you go because unfortunately I have to go to my day job now. It That's was so right. awesome to talk to you. And I hope yeah, that I'm going so to see you soon, catch up with you live and in person. We'll have a beer together. Thanks again for doing this. I really, 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 really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on and great questions. And thank you for flying the flag of Metal High. And we can't do it without you. So thank you so much. Absolutely. We'll keep putting out great music and we won't have any choice but to support you. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. All right. See ya.